Respect that. That's corruption. I could make a fake snake. You not pee in the pool. You 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 you, you not pee on the barbie. All of myself is clean. <laughs> Broadcasting from Hungary. <laughs> Take it away, Markbot Five Thousand. Hello. You don't know who I am, but I know where you live. Welcome to the Hardmark Podcast, a show where Eric Donaldson, wrestling fan of over 30 years, and a man that has been asked to be the reverend for four weddings, introduces one match per show to his paranoid sidekick, who has never watched wrestling. They talk about the backstory, they watch the match, and then they rank that match on their ever-growing list. We can only assume that Rusty Shackleford will be competing in today's match. The purpose of the show is to see what happens when someone that's never watched wrestling is introduced to its most notable matches. And let's bring out the star of the program, a guy who is very experienced with the art of pocket sand, and a man that I suspect has ties with Big Peanut, which as we all know. The peanuts are emitting toxins as an evolutionary defense with backing from the deep state. Flying Ryan Murphy. <laughs> I can tell you procrastinate on that one, Eric. <laughs> what is that? What, what do you mean by that, sir? I'm not even sure what that was. Is that guy? Is it a main accent? Like I like that was <laughs> pro- make- program. It was like, you know? Dale Gribble from King of the Hill, sir. Uh, <laughs> Have you not? You never watched King of the Hill? I'm a, big, I'm, a key, I'm a big Mike Judge fan. Like, I just... Well, uh, you didn't pick up on Pocket Sand, Rusty Shackelford, none of those references ring a bell? I, you know, okay, you know, in fairness, I am not a huge King of the Hill fan out of all Mike Judge's work. Um, so... That's arguably his best. I had in there, you know, office space, idiocracy, like... That's what I get from broadcasting from Hungary. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Fucking yeah. asshole loves Hungary. Like, we talked about Euros a few episodes ago. He's like, oh, I don't want to offend people of Hungary. It's like, what the fuck do people of Hungary have to do with goddamn Greek food? But it, I'll, either, that's neither here nor there, Ryan. That's neither here nor there. Because you know what? We're here to talk about some wrestling. You excited? Looking forward to it? So I'm here for. All right. That's what he's always here for. Well, Ryan, it was bound to happen eventually, my friend. We've got our first rematch of the program. Oh. For our in-person meetup, just a few short weeks ago, Ryan and I watched the Deadly Game Tournament, which uh, Mike Ish, friend of the show Mike Ish, did point out that I neglected to include the iconic Deadly Game theme song in the in the episode that we devoted, or the episodes, rather, that we devoted to the Deadly Game. So I apologize, Markamaniacs. So I'd like you to, uh, to miss something like that. I, I dropped the ball. Yeah. What can I say? I dropped the ball. As, you know, uh, I dropped it lower than... Mike Ish's height, which uh, which you claimed was much lower than what you thought it was, but uh, that, I'm not, you know, I'm not here to stir the pot or anything like that. But nor the, am I. <laughs> the deadly game tournament, a 14 man battle that ended with The Rock taking his place as the corporate champion. Vince McMahon's dream vision of what the representative of the WWF should be. While mankind was set up as a decoy, a pawn, a patsy, he got bamboozled, flimflammed, double-crossed, had the wool pulled over his eyes even, and was the recipient of a world-class McMahon screwjob in the main event. You you recall all these all these things I'm talking about, correct? Absolutely. That's why I'm here. All right. Well, as you could imagine, the story didn't end there. A betrayed mankind would go on to target The Rock, Vince McMahon, Shane McMahon, and anyone else foolish enough to stand in his way. These attacks from mankind, alongside the ongoing physicality from Stone Cold Steve Austin, drove Vince to expand his corporation faction. With The Rock as the centerpiece uh, as WWF champion, McMahon would then include others like Ken Shamrock, a.k.a. The Sack, one of Ryan's favorites. He had big, big tits and little nips, hard tits. I don't remember what it was exactly, but anyway, The Sack, 
from Sacramento. Uh, it would also include the corporate insurance policy test and the big boss man, one of our favorites, to allow the McMahons some breathing room free of physical assault. Unrelenting, though, Mankind challenged The Rock for the WWF Championship at the December pay-per-view with the appropriately named Rock Bottom. Now, of course, the deck was stacked against Mankind with Vince McMahon making the rule that the only way Mankind could win would be via submission. Eventually, Mankind would use Mr. Socko and apply the mandible claw to The Rock, causing The Rock to pass out. The fans erupted in cheers, but McMahon would, of course, change the rules again, claiming that because The Rock passed out and did not submit, while Mankind was the winner of the match, he did not win the WWF Championship. Obviously, that did not go over well with fans or with Mankind himself. So with the numbers game on the side of the corporation being insurmountable, Mankind eventually managed to find some unlikely friends of his own in the form of the cool guy dick joke faction, D-Generation X. Uh, we can all engage in a round of suckets in our respective homes if we'd like, <laughs> in memory of DX. But with the help of D-Generation X, Mankind was able to even the odds a bit and began to fire back at the corporation. This drew the ire of one McMahon in particular, Vince's son, Shane. So Shane was so upset at the disrespect that was being shown to his father that he took matters into his own hands and challenged Mick to a one-on-one -on -one match himself. Mankind accepted and began dismantling the young McMahon piece by piece until the corporation ran in to save the day. Now, on to the event that you and I are going to be watching today. We're just a few short weeks removed from that one-sided affair between Mankind and Shane McMahon. So this match is going to take place on January 4th, 1999, to be specific, on an episode of Monday Night Raw, so their weekly Monday television show. Earlier in the night, McMahon asked, or excuse me, Mankind asked Vince McMahon for a favor to be made the number one contender and face The Rock at the upcoming pay-per-view, the Royal Rumble. To this request, Vince McMahon balked and instead countered with his own proposal. Vince would agree to allow Mankind to participate in the 30-man Royal Rumble if, and only if, he was able to defeat his friend Triple H from Degeneration X in a match. However... The same rule applied to Triple H as well, so only the winner would be entered into the contest. And to add one last wrinkle to this offer, the referee of this match would be none other than Vince's son, Shane. So with little other recourse, Mankind accepted. So let's go ahead, we'll take a look at that the end of the Mankind versus Triple H match right now. <laughs> Shane McMahon, the official in this matchup. So that's Vince's son Shane as a referee. How old is his son of this? Ooh, he's probably in his 30s. Oh, early fuck. Early 30s, maybe? Who was he born? He'd be 99. Born in 1970, so he'd be... Yeah, that's about right. Yeah, 29. Mankind, who twice before in the past two months... Look at Triple H now over the top rope. Good Triple H. Oh, wait a minute, it's over! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we can't! We can't! You gotta do that more often. Like Shane, Shane, and Mankind. The big man's at once again! Screw Mankind! I mean, I'm a, big, I'm a Mankind fan, I just I like the quick count. Sure. Yeah. yeah, no, unconventional. Very unconventional. Hey, I'm sorry, but business is business. That's right. Business is business. A win is a win. And when it comes to the WWF title, I'll take it any way I can get it. You got it! Well, Triple and, H. But I will say one thing. Happy New Year. <laughs> wait a minute! Triple H! He's got Shane! No, wait! Wait a minute! No! Pedigree! Triple H delivers the pedigree to Shane McMahon! Oh, hey. He's all yours! No! I'm going to 
Jim McGonagall taught me back in Ward Melville. What's he doing? Shane's already hurt from the no, pedigree. Shane, I'm gonna break your shoulder. I've changed my mind. You see, I no longer desire a title shot at the Royal Rumble. Let him Do up, I say, ah, please let him up. I want a title shot tonight. What? Tonight? Just let him up. What'd you say? Okay? Yes. Let me think it over. Let him go. Not good enough, Dad. Let him go. I want a stipulation. What do you say, Shane? Let go. Damn it. Let him go. No DQ. What do you say, Dad? All right, no DQ. What'd you say, no DQ? You got it. I guess we've got ourselves a little deal. It's going to be Mankind versus The Rock, no DQ. Mankind, you Shane McMahon. What a great father! <laughs> All right, okay, we can uh, we can exit out of that for now. All right, so just to summarize, we just saw the match between Triple H and uh, and Mankind Shane as the referee. So Triple H at the towards the end, he's attempting to sunset flip Mankind. I don't know if you caught this or not. Shane physically kicked Mankind's hands off of the ropes before he then fast counted him. Mm. And then, and then Triple H, uh, of course, earns the spot in the Rumble. What did you think of that little clip that we just saw there? Uh, I, like I said, I like I like the quick count, but uh, I'm, a, I'm a mankind fan, you know, through and through. So, of course, th- no one has ever questioned your uh, your devotion to man, except for maybe occasionally when he's uh, on the other side of the <laughs> ring against Stone Cold Steve Austin. He's a strategic, he's a strategic player, you know, absolutely. Like but it appears that he's going to be facing off against another one of your favorites here today, Ryan The Rock. So as we saw, Triple H, he took the win. Hey, business is business. A win is a win. But happy new year. And so then he kicks Shane in the gut, pedigrees him. Mankind then puts a little submission hold, a little sugar hold on Shane and then uses that as collateral, as bargaining leverage to get Vince McMahon to agree to a WWF championship match against none other than The Rock. So this will be the second match of theirs that we've seen, the third match in their, in their kind of history that, that, uh, that has taken place. So he made a discovery, no, no DQ. Correct, yeah. So it's not just any, any old match. This is a no disqualification match. So it's a pin match. It's a pin match, but like in theory, weapons would be legal. In theory, if some if 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 like let's say the corporation ran in, uh, so yeah. Vince McMahon's cronies, that would also yeah. be legal. But you know, mankind also has Degeneration X on his side too to kind of even okay. the odds a bit. Okay. So yeah, the match can only end via pinfall or submission. There there would not be any countout or or disqualification or anything. Like, so there wouldn't be a bullshit you know way to end this match. It has to like be either pinfall or submission. So I love mankind, like. You know. <laughs> He, he crosses it. he crosses his T's, dots his eyes, you know, when he <laughs> when he signs a contract. But as far as kind of like the the reaction of the fans, you know, I, I think initially the fans weren't clear if Triple H had now joined the corporation, but of course he made that uh, pretty clear that that was not the case by leaving Shane prone in the in the ring. So Vince agreed to the match, and so again that just sets us up for what we're going to be watching here in just a little bit: Mankind facing The Rock in a no disqualification match right here in. Worcester, Massachusetts, my friend. As I think we were just talking about. Yeah, it's so so weird how that came up, and now now oh. we're you were here in Worcester. Any any questions before we delve into this thing? No, no. Okay, so this is about no. two. I'd say around two or so months after the last match of theirs that we saw. Again, there's been one match in the middle where Mankind technically won, but the title did not change hands because of McMahon chicanery. So that kind of more or less sets up where we're uh, going here today. But as far as our data, wrestle with the data. Uh, Ryan's record, 42-36-1. He is on a two-match losing streak. His record in the great state of Massachusetts is 1-0, and zero, so unde- undefeated. In Massachusetts, 
And then last little bits here. This is a newer little data point for you, Ryan. I know you're a data-driven individual. In championship matches and title matches, your record is 20 and 16. And in WWF title matches, so so matches for the WWF heavyweight title, you are five and seven. Mm, that's ugly. So we'll we'll you know I don't know yeah. that bodes good or bad necessarily. You've got a positive record for title and negative for WWF heavyweight championship matches, but we'll we'll see how it plays out. But anything we should address? Any questions that you have before we watch it? Uh, it's funny that raw. This is Monday Night Raw, correct? Yeah. So this is their so weekly I, television show. This is not a pay per view or anything like that. One quick, I know, I think we've discussed this before, but this was on before Monday Night Football, after Monday Night Football, like back in '99. Oh, you're talking about like time of day? Yeah. Um. So like ordinarily, I think it would probably be running concurrent to Monday Night Football, right. uh-huh. but this aired on what did we say, January fourth? So I'm pretty sure. It was playoffs, yeah, you're right. Yeah, it would have been playoffs. So I don't think yeah. that they would have necessarily had any competition at this point. In time. Okay, okay. All right. Yeah, that was my question. So no, I'm good. All right. Well, we will watch the match. When we come back, we will give you our thoughts on Mankind versus The Rock from Worcester on Monday Night Raw. Thank you, everybody. That gold is the centerpiece of this company, the WWF Championship. I mean, could you imagine Mankind on the cover of the Southwest Airlines magazine with Mr. McMahon? Oh, come on, that'd be a joke. No disqualifications. The corporation on one side of the ring, D-Generation X on the other. Well, obviously The Rock is here. Obviously he's just checked Mankind in to the SmackDown Hotel on the corner of Know Your Road Boulevard and Jabroni Drive. Maybe a little thirsty, Mankind. You want some water here? Man, God's looking real good. Yeah, you look good. kid's showing a lot of testicular You're looking again. great. Look this way. Look this way. Oh. And there's Socko. Not that stinking sock. Mankind is locked in the man of a claw do with something. Mr. Socko. Mr. McMahon, you got to do something. The Rock may be out. Yes. Oh. No disqualification. Yes. And there's Billy Gunn. Billy Gunn on Shamrock. DX and the corporate team are going at it. just watched Mankind versus The Rock in Worcester, Massachusetts. Ryan, we're, we're fresh off of it. Are we we didn't dilly-dally or anything like that. What did you think of the match? Lovely. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what to say. Like, it, it all-timer right there. Like, <laughs> And, like, I wasn't sure how you were going to feel about it. Because, like, there were some, like, nice moves and spots and everything. But, like, this was a maybe one of the greatest examples of just how a great ending to a match can just make the whole thing. No, I, and like that was, that, that was a selling point, but like, I didn't even think they did a bad, like I thought even the match leading up to this was going to like, it could rank high. Like it, I thought they did, you know, in a short match, like they, yeah. they were down, the rock puts on the headset, the <laughs> body slams on the table. Like, I mean, it was, it was good through and through. Like it, yeah. but then to take a good match and then like blow it out like that. I mean, yes, I don't think I, I, I can't remember a reaction like this in the 
all the time I watch wrestling. Um, it's, it, it, it's up there. Yeah. I, I don't. It's hard to say like what the all-time greatest fan reaction ever is. Yeah. This has to be in the conversation. I, you know, I'll just. I'm, I'm a big. You know, this this is what gets me into like any sport. Anything I like is is you know you get a good crowd like like someone hits a home run, throw a touch, whatever. Like the this crowd went insane. Oh yeah, the, <laughs> and, and you could just see, you could feel it, you could just feel it. Yeah, and, uh, that was pretty cool to to see. Like so. the WWE and the and the WWE, they are not innocent of sometimes sweetening crowd noise sure. but like you can usually tell pretty quickly like when it's somewhat phoned in versus when it's legitimate and authentic everybody the moment and we'll get uh, into this in more detail the moment the fucking glass yeah. shatters everybody jumps to their feet and are freaking the fuck out so like i i once the glass shattered i i was in my i myself i was a I was up with them. And then, but yeah, like you said, like it wasn't just pump. You could see every single person jump up. Like, Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. it was not, it was a physical and, you know, you had the, you know, the noise. It was was good stuff, man. Like that, that's what I like to see. That brings me into it. That's the heart of wrestling right there. Massachusetts is the soul (laughs) of wrestling. That bring, that brings you to two and zero in Massachusetts. Your your yeah. spiritual home. The, the 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 Irish boy comes home to roost, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. But let's get into the notes. Let's talk about this thing. It's a feel good moment. So mankind, he's out first. Uh, his his dress shirt that he's taken to wearing it just it just tears more and more throughout. Yep. The, by the te- by the time the match ends end ends easy for me to say. By the time the match ends, it it basically becomes a smock. It's like the front is intact more or less, but the back is completely ripped open. You could like, read what was ever on his undershirt. Yes, you know because yes, it was for- so torn apart. Like, yeah, yeah. And we have DX. They come out as backup to protect mankind from the corporation. Well- no, go ahead. I, we'll get it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I mean, I'm jumping ahead here. Got any thoughts side. about DX? Any, any? Um, I mean, their involvement wasn't really all that important until the very, very, very end. Well, that's and that's that's kind of also what it got like right before the Rock came out. You know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like it just you know like that whole thing exploded too. Like you know, you had a little players on the side coming out. And, yeah. Uh, but the the Rock he enters second as the champion usually does. Usually the champion enters second. Uh, he's flanked by the Corporation and a wounded Shane McMahon, still uh, licking his wounds from his shoulder injury from Mankind earlier in the. Did he, have a, did he have a brace on or did uh... I don't think so. I think he was just no, holding it. Yeah. I don't think he had a brace, but I could be I could be no. wrong. No, I don't think he did either. I was just you know, so, it seems like something they would do. Yeah. No. I, I here. This has nothing to do with the match we're, ta- we're watching right now. I remember because my dad made such a stink about it when we were watching wrestling one time. <sighs> the dumbest fucking shit I've ever seen as far as like selling of an injury. There was one time uh, a wrestler, uh, the big show, we've seen him as the giant a couple times. He he had an injured foot, right? He came. He showed up one time and he had athletic tape over the outside of his boot. <laughs> I mean, your dad's spot on for uh, that <laughs> criticism. I'd be right there with him. Like. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so yeah, that 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 is among that's the dumbest. School, that's an old school guy right there being like, hey, like, yeah. Hey, people, how else are people, people going to not hurt? <laughs> yeah. But uh, so the corporation have arrived. Mankind's kind of barking at Vince. Uh, meanwhile, the rock ambushes from behind. The old Pearl Harbor job uh, on Mankind. But... Uh, Ken Shamrock. Do you remember Ken Shamrock from the match from the Deadly Game tournament at all? You really liked him when you were uh, drinking uh, at my house. It's possible. <laughs> he was the one, and, and again, this may not necessarily jog your memory, but there was one match in particular during that tournament where a nightstick was thrown into the ring. The Rock made a fucking amazing catch in the middle of the ring, clocked Ken Shamrock with the nightstick, and threw it out. Anyway. Didn't we only have... We, we only seen one other Rock match, right? Like... Uh, we've seen now, well, we've we seen, saw he, we've seen two, early. we two, saw his yeah. debut in Madison Square Garden when he was young, fresh faced rookie. And then yeah. the, the second match, I guess this is the third that we've seen here today. The second match that we saw was the end of that tournament. Okay. And then, well, I guess we even saw some other tournament matches. Some of those were of varying lengths, but, uh, you could argue we've seen anywhere from three to like five 
matches featuring The Rock. But either way, anyway, it doesn't really matter. Ken Shamrock, uh, big nips, little hard tits. Uh, he's he's there with The Rock. He's like, hey, leave him alone. It's he's he's my he's my guy. And so then they kind of smash one another into the commentary booth face first mankind is whipped into the steps goes careening over that's always been one of my favorite mick foley bumps he he would go on to say and i've heard him talk about this a lot of guys when they take the bump into the the steps they'll do it like shoulder first and he was like well you don't that's not really how it would work if somebody's throwing you in you wouldn't bend down and like take it shoulder first you'd just be running it would catch your feet and you'd go flipping over it but he's like the only one who ever does that which i always found to be uh impressive yeah no i mean that's that's the kind of guy he is like <laughs> that extra he goes the extra mile yeah i mean he ate worms you know he ate he ate worms that's he's the guy that's the guy he's gonna he wants to he wants to do it for real like he's not he's not here to fuck around like absolutely and then we had ryan you know ryan ha- ryan has his picadillos be, be on the lookout for the Piccadillo's shirt coming to the Hardmarked Merc Shop one of these days, coming soon. But uh, the, the the steps were used as a weapon. Uh, we have just a, a step to the back, and then while one step is laying on top of mankind, the other step is then used to like crash down on the first step. Which, of course, Ryan and his tin foil, aluminum foil, whatever the fuck he, he's calling these steps, uh, was very pish posh about they must be heavy you know like it's different every wrestler i've ever seen has had a difficult time picking them up and like smashing another step on top of another step on top of yeah it's tough it's i'm not saying that they're heavy ryan i'm just saying that it probably doesn't like i don't think it's the most painful thing in the world but i don't think it's like pleasant to have like a metal thing even if they are like 20 pounds ish like hitting you in the back Eric, I will take a staircase to the back if it gives us some content. All right, we get some, <laughs> we get some sponsors, oh, all money flowing in with some con- like give me, give me stairs to the back, give me stairs to the back, and then another set of stairs to that set of stairs to the back. Like, I mean, I'll take it. You know, I saw a match recently. It was the most brutal looking stair spot I've ever seen in my entire life, and it just happened maybe a month, actually, just a couple weeks ago. It's like a newer match. Yeah, it was a newer match. Yeah, mm. I'd never seen this done before. So basically, what happened was the wrestler in question. So the stairs were just as they are on the outside of the ring, right? Just set up that way. The guy got thrown backwards into the steps, like into like the edges of the steps, like mm. back first, and the back of his head went into yeah. one of the edges of the steps. It was fucking yeah. gnarly looking. I I can see that hurting. You know? <laughs> I'm I mean, sure it did. I'm know? sure it did. But uh, but this this was not that this was this was just you know throwing throwing steps at people. But uh, either way, we'll move along from there. We don't want to put Ryan in a bad mood. But then we've got a suplex suplex on the floor. Always a good time. And then maybe one of your favorite bits of the match, uh, aside from the ending, Rock takes the headset from Michael Cole, begins narrating, commentating his own his own match. And it was good. It was good commentary too. It sounded like it sounded like a you know. I'll say authentic, you know. Oh yeah, he's a uh, he's a regular he boomer assassin that uh, yeah, that, that rock put it on. It's not like he, he belonged there, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so nicely, nicely, nice touch on on his part right there. I a like regular it. Tony Romo, <laughs> absolutely a little CBS wrestling, you know. <laughs> this is no TNT, but uh, mankind he fires back. He picks up the headset. I know we were chitter chattering. Mankind, his brief line is very funny to me. So, like, we had the be- the only actual announcer who still has his headset is the bad guy announcer. Yeah. Again, a lot of franticness. I don't blame you if you didn't pick up on this. But after Mankind takes the rock out, he then picks up the headset. Mankind's looking real good. And then Jerry Lawyer's like, you're looking great. And, and <laughs> just to, like, kiss up to him. So he doesn't beat the shit out of him. And then Mankind, the kid's showing a lot of testicular fortitude. <laughs> and then Jerry Law is like, hey, yeah, keep, keep looking over here. And so meanwhile, The Rock's getting the ring bell ready. And then, of course, as soon as Mankind turns around, gets clobbered with the uh, the bell to the face. All I noticed, like, initially was, like, them talking a lot of shit about Mankind. Like, like it's yes. and maybe it was just one announcer or the other. It was, yeah, was yeah. Gone, But, like, I just, I, I only heard most of the shit talking going on against Mankind, like, yeah. during this match. So. Because he was the only one that had his headset on for, like, that chunk 
of the of of the match. But yes, he he was a lot more anti mankind than than Michael Cole was anti The Rock. The Rock, well, Michael Cole was trying to be like neutral, whereas Jerry Lawler was very pro Rock, anti mankind. So I don't want to jump too far ahead, but like, so the right fielder comment mm-hmm. was that uh, pro or was that? Um, <laughs> I don't think most kids. Or that are called right fielders in baseball is that that's a pro comment. I don't know how you pro that. I mean, he, pay, that guy is a right fielder. He is the right. He's he's <laughs> Il Ichiro Suzuki of the uh, WWE. <laughs> Wait, was Ichiro like, a right fielder? Oh yeah, yeah. Huh. yeah. Did he win I mean, a Golden Glove? Yeah. Oh, he was one of the best defensive fielders in the game for years. I think uh, the right fielder comment in this case he, was like, you stick a kid who you hope doesn't get the ball hit to him very <laughs> often is. Is that they call him Mary 51, Eric? All right, <laughs> Mary 51 was right field, each of area, right field. I mean, I'm just, I, 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 I right in place. I like it. I like he's he's my right fielder. I don't remember which I was either put in right or left field as a, as a young child. I don't remember which one, but which, <laughs> whichever one was hit to less, that's the one that's the place that they put me. I, it's true. I, just, I wasn't sure if it was you could you could you could throw this as like some shade too, uh, but I gotta, you know, hey. Right fielder plays a huge role. Yeah. yeah, it was it was probably a step more than shade. It was what shade seems is like a term that you reserve for like, oh, if you're trying to be like somewhat passive aggressive. This was just flat out saying, oh, he sucks. He's not athletic, whatever. That, that's basically what he was uh, okay. attempting okay. to say there. But uh, we've got a big rock bottom through the table, which if you're listening closely, Mercomaniacs, you can actually hear the rock say, get the fuck off of the rock uh, after... <laughs> After the rock crashes through, but uh, they're back in the ring now. We've got a big Russian leg sweep. Mankind comes back. We've been, got a big corporate elbow. So the corporate elbow we we saw for the very first time when it was the people's elbow in the in the deadly game tournament. The rock makes a big hullabaloo about throwing his elbow pad off, and then he kind of does a big crisscross, and then usually does something entertaining right before he drops uh, the big elbow. But mankind, he he kicked out, so he's. You know, he's, he's a tough, he's one tough cookie, that mankind. But we got a belt shot by The Rock. The Rock uses the title belt to hit mankind in the in the head. We're meant to think, oh, that might be the end of the match. But mankind kicks out. Tess slides the belt back in. Mankind ducks. We've got a big DDT on the title belt. Then he begins signaling for Mr. Sokka, which, of course, is stuffed down the front of his tights. <laughs> grabs it, puts it on his hand, and then stuffs it down the rock's gullet. Another part where the crowd kind of went wild right there. You know? Oh, yeah. Like that, I mean, you could, you gotta give him credit. Like That crowd was engaged as fuck. And even, even right, I, that, was a, that was a big moment for me, too. I was pumped right there, you know? Besides it just being, like, funny when you really sit down and think about it, the best finishing moves in wrestling have, like, a signal. Like, I'm going to do my big finishing move. And, like, always use the mandible claw. But back in, like, early Mankind days, he just had, like, a brown thing on his fingers and he just, like, stuff it down the guy's hand or mouth. It, with Mr. Sacco, now he's got production to it. Now it's like, I'm going to pull my shirt up. I'm going to take this sock out. And when the sock goes on the hand, now you know it's fucking time. Yeah, and yeah. so anytime you have something like that, it doesn't always have to be that you know prolonged and, and sort of uh, signaled. But anytime you have something like that, the crowd always is going to you know get on board with that a, a lot more than they would otherwise. So in my opinion, anyway. But uh, yeah, he stuffs it down the rock's gullet. We got Mr. Sacco on. Things are not looking good for The Rock. And then Ken Shamrock, the the forgotten son, Ryan's favorite guy, as it was a few short weeks ago. He runs in with a steel chair, smashes it on Mankind's back, breaks up Mr. Sacco. Big move. The the chair to the back? Yeah. 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 And it kind of gets lost in the shuffle of everything. But yes, it's a big move. Uh, We're not sure what the fuck's going on anymore. Billy Gunn from DX runs in, intercepts Shamrock, takes him out. Huge brawl between DX and the corporation. It's anarchy. It's 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 fucking going buck wild. The fans are like, what's what's gonna happen next? And guess what? <laughs> Glass shatters. One of the biggest pops in the history of professional wrestling. Everybody to their fucking feet. Stone Cold, not running, but 
walking with a fucking purpose, badass motherfucker, makes his way to the ring. Chair's already in the ring. Well, might as well pick that son of a bitch up and nail the rock with a chair shot right to the head. Uh, rock did not, which, you know, with what we know about concussions nowadays, maybe he should have put a hand up. He did not. He just he just ate that fucking chair shot. Stone Cold pulls Mankind over the rock. We've got a one, two, three, and a new champion. I think also, so I, the Rock did a great job with that finishing. Chair. I, I thought he was in like the perfect position. And like it looked good. Yes, it, it just it looked it looked so clean. Like everything came so clean. Like well done on his part too. Like yes. you know, for for that for that ending ending move. Like um, but the Rock's timing. Yeah. About everything that he did. Yep. He was he had only been wrestling by this point for like three years. And just everything came to him so naturally. Like most people yeah. in his position would not pick up on those like those little nuances nearly as well as he as he did. So that's I mean, you know, that's why he achieved what he did so so quickly. But uh, again, we've got a new champion, and the thing that I, I sort of stressed to to Ryan, and we even rewatched the end of this match. That fucking crowd reaction, just enormous when Steve Austin arrives, sustains itself. Everybody's still freaking out, escalates just a little bit more when Austin hits Rock with the chair, and then escalates even higher somehow when the ref counts one, two, three. It's just this huge sustained pop where everybody in that fucking arena are going batshit. Like, could just imagining being in that building at that time gives yep. me goosebumps of like what that must the electricity flowing through that arena. I had goosebumps, man. Like <laughs> I, 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 it was insane. Like I, I love watching the, the fans in there. Like right now, easily to me, the best fucking fans in wrestling is Massachusetts. Like, <laughs> you know, I, 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 they, I mean, they came prepared. Some people came after work, you know, they're dressed up, <laughs> They just came from, you know, their five o'clock meeting and they're, they're there, you know, yeah. like other people, and, and they're, they're representing 1999 to their, to their <laughs> that guy, that guy killed it. I mean, those are the kind of fans you, you need a mix of like those type of, and they were all there and they were all just, I mean, they lit up like incredible, incredible fan showing right there. Like, Absolutely. No, they, yeah. the, anytime you have a strong, like the crowd is what makes it. Like wrestling yeah, without, yeah. which we, anyone who's a longtime wrestling fan, if you suffered through wrestling during the pandemic, oof, rough. It, it, it's such, it's such an intangible, but it makes such a huge difference when you have good crowd engagement versus ho hum crowd engagement. It's just, it's, it's the secret sauce what? that makes professional wrestling. Didn't we watch a match where like they were all on TV? Like oh. they were all on like. Uh, I feel like they had like can't, like like little like screens of like the reactions from home. That's, in the- I mean, they they definitely did that. I I'm trying to remember what match that would have been. It's be, I mean, 2020. We started this podcast. Like, yeah. No, I, I yeah. mean, but yeah, that did happen. I, I'm yeah, surprised yeah. that I subjected you to any matches that were like that. But oh, that it was absolutely- terrible! It was a terrible fucking match. <laughs> <laughs> Glad that you remember it in yeah. such vivid detail, but. Yeah. Uh, so we've got, again, Mankind, the unlikely new WWF champion, the repres- the face of the company, is Mankind. Again, the man who used to eat worms, or the, he, when he was a child, not when he was a man, but either way. Uh, but Austin, I love Austin's reaction afterwards, too. Throws his hat at Vince. Yeah. Double bird. McMahon is just fucking furious. Like, are you, like he can barely control his body movements because he's so mad. McMahon did a good job in this too. Like, you know, like yes, for what it was, I, I, I gotta like his engagement in the in the match. Like, <sighs> for as much of a in real life yeah. fucking piece of shit as Vince McMahon is. Such a charismatic on-screen performer. And that's, I think, why people have such a hard time, like, hating him is because he's so good at that element of his job. So, so yeah, like, as much as I say on this show to, like, shit on Vince McMahon as a human being, among the most talented characters on that show of all time. Like, there's a reason why this formula lasted as long as it, because once they figured out like Vince McMahon versus X works, it's like, well, why would we ever change that? Because it's right. so fucking successful. 
And I, I just think, like, I mean, if you think of wrestling, you think of Vince McMahon, you know? Yeah. You think of, like, but, you know, so, like, this match really fucking literally had it all. Like, you have <laughs> Steve Austin, Mankai, you know, yeah. like, going up against The Rock, and then Vince McMahon. I mean, it had, it had everything. Like, I don't, it had everything. Yes. Absolutely. Uh, and and the, the piece de resistance, the cherry on top. That goddamn crowd reaction! What the fuck? Yeah, what a yeah, yeah. what a crazy time! But Even yeah, decent commentary. I I wasn't. Yeah. I, you know, hey, you know, there should have my guy the whole time, but it was decent. You know, like. <laughs> I love the bit with Vince where he's walking up the ramp. So Austin's already exited. So now all the focus is back on mankind, and Vince is just looking at the ring. He's like, anybody but him, and like, obviously he's not breaking character on tv but you can but if you're looking for it there's just like a very small hint of like as much and again Vince McMahon fucking sucks he's a rapist i'm just gonna say that right now but (laughs) but (laughs) you could see when he saw mankind so happy winning the title he was he was happy for mick mick foley so you know there there was an element if you're looking for it where it's a very wholesome sort of moment there between between the two of them. I'm uh due to the rankings here, but Oh, okay. One I, one last thing I'll say before we get into the rankings. Oh friend. sorry, yeah, yeah. No worries. So we got Road Dog with the informal announcement of, you know, the new WWF champion Mankind. And then Mankind on the microphone closes out, Hey Vince, I gotta tell you this feels pretty damn good. Uh, I gotta just with the risk of sounding uncool, I gotta let my two little people at home no, Big Daddy O did it, and so like this match was actually it aired a, a week after it had actually happened live. So mankind McFoley was at home watching this show live with his kids, and so as soon as soon as he wins the title on screen, he pulls the belt out of a bag, and the kids are just freaking the fuck. Do they out. show that? No, do no, they, there, there's no video or anything of it, unfortunately, yeah. but. Uh, one other quick aside before we get into the ranking. So we've talked about, obviously, there was a rivalry between WCW and the WWF. Like, the both companies had their own pro wrestling shows that were on at the exact same time every single Monday night. One of the, the strategies that WCW did, especially when they first started airing on Monday nights, was that they would give away the results of the WWF show. Which was like considered to be like fucking heresy. Oh yeah, in pro wrestling because the WCW show was always live every single week. They never pre-taped. Whereas the WWF, especially in like ninety five, ninety six, they were trying to like save money, so they would tape two shows back to back, and so the second show would be pre-taped. And so they did that a lot early on. And so now, with all the momentum around Steve Austin and The Rock and Mankind. WWF was starting to like consistently beat WCW in the ratings, which they had not done a whole lot uh, in throughout like 1997 and shit. Like there was a period of 83 weeks, uh, which has become a famous number in wrestling, where WCW beat WWF in the ratings every single week continuously. Now the WWF starting to come back, and so the head of WCW, Eric Bischoff, was like, well, "What can we do to like?" cut into the momentum of WWF. So the night that this all happened, they gave away the result of the main event. They, uh, the, in fact, let me find... Beforehand? Yes, before it happened. So if you were watching, if you were channel flipping, or if yeah. you were just watching Nitro, they gave away the result could, of Mankind versus The Rock. Could you not be like, were they not suing over that? Like, uh, I don't know. If, I mean, they didn't. I don't know if you could sue over something like that. Uh, or not, but that they, that never never did happen. I mean, if I go if I go to a pre showing of a movie and record it, and then I release that movie out <laughs> before it, like I'm gonna get sued. Like, but if you're just telling people, if you're if you're leaving the theater and just saying, "Hey, Leonardo DiCaprio dies <laughs> at the end of Titanic," like I don't know if you could be sued for that. You know what I mean? It's well, different I than if showing you're a people. Full production company, like you have probably like there's probably some layers of legal. Like I, I would think, I don't know, who is our who's our wave video guy. <laughs> I'm not. Oh, I. Oh man, uh, I can picture his face in my I, mind. I know. Me too. Like I, the whip. Jim the Penny. Whip. Jim Penny. Jim Penny. Yeah, we got to get Jim Penny on this. Like, see if he can. Uh, 
I found the clip. It's a, it's a 50 okay. second, 56 yeah, yeah, second yeah, clip. Yeah. Okay, here we go. But no, here's literally what ha- what they aired on Nitro. Maybe in- play here. Yeah, just go ahead and hit play. Yeah. Hollywood Hogan walks away, and you look at us, 40,000 plus on hand. If you're even thinking about changing the channel to our competition fans, do not. Because we understand that Mick Foley, who wrestled here one time as as Cactus Jack, is going to win their world title. Going to put some butts in the seat. commercial break. If you're thinking about changing channels to our competition, we want to let you know that unlike us, they've got their show in the can. Their show's been taped. Later tonight, Mick Foley, who once wrestled here as Texas Jack, is going to win their world title. I mean, that's going to be their world champion. They, they They blatantly Fucking just said it like they yeah. twice. Twi- twi- like they're like, oh, like we thought it was, but then they're like, oh no, like you know, if you're just yeah, tune away. Like that's great. Like I would think they would. Like I don't know what Leo grabs they have, but I'm just saying, like that's that's crazy. Like so, I didn't realize they did it twice until right now. <laughs> I only knew about yeah. the one time. Here's and here's the cherry on top of this fucking story. As soon as they said that, fucking. Hundreds of thousands, if not like a million people, turned <laughs> the channel in. because they <laughs> wanted to fucking see yeah, mankind yeah. win the title. Yeah. That's the problem, is because like you can shit on them all you want, but we've seen Hell in the Cell. We've seen all the shit that mankind has done to his body. The fact that like he had such goodwill with the audience, that immediate was like, holy fuck! Dude, I, mean, I want to like, see that. Were they like? Was that a little bit of like, were they conglomerating a little bit? Like, I mean, it seems crazy, but like you said, like if they moved a hundred thousand or a million viewers, yeah. I mean, because I would do it backfired. The short answer is it it fucking backfired. Like they thought they were giving it away so people wouldn't want to switch, but because Uh, people wanted to fucking see that shit, everybody (sighs) turned the fucking channel to watch it. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's that's. So I, I love those side notes. I love the little competition. That's that's a little like wrestling on top of wrestling. You know? <laughs> Everybody <laughs> likes wrestling yeah, on top yeah. of on top of wrestling. That's my favorite. But anyway, okay. So that's that's the full complete story uh, of that match. Let's get into the ranking, my friend. I know you liked it. Let's let's talk about it. Yeah. No, I wasn't trying to like. I I, I just I was looking at it and and uh, I didn't realize mankind's got you know two of the three and the. Uh, fucking amazing yeah he's, got he's, gonna, he's, he's about to have three of either three of six or yeah so okay um well we got ladder match number one no it's not a ladder match that was an ecw match um it was, it was ladder e- match number two yes ladder match is number two yes correct okay, okay. we've only had three ma- you can stop clicking oh right. okay you're right because we did have okay all right there's only three uh, matches that have occupied the number one spot which will osprey Versus Shingo was the very first number one that we ever had once we yeah. had like two matches. And then uh, uh, Michaels versus Razor later match was was number one for a very long time. And then RVD versus Jerry Lynn. That was a good match. That was I a mean, great yeah. fucking match. That was a yeah. great, great match. Now, was the like there's element like what do you what do you what's your mindset right now? I mean, for sure, it's in fucking great. I, I, I think yeah. it goes above Will Ospreay. Um, okay. I think. So you're considering somewhere in the top three, then it sounds like somewhere yes, in the top yeah. three. Um, so yeah, we've got the ladder match at two. I think the biggest pro for this match is that crowd reaction. Like none of these matches that we've seen that are in that space have just the bat shit. Like we've never seen a match that had that reaction to it. So like that occupies its own space there. I think as far as the in ring wrestling element, I think. Well, like, and again, this match wasn't bad or anything like that, but like RBD versus Jerry Lynn was fucking great, as yeah, was no, Shawn Michaels it, it versus was, Razor Ramon. Yeah. But I think it's all, but like the commentary of this match, also very good. So it's just weighing those different pros and cons. I think, I think I want to leave, I, I think, I think I want to put this in new number two. Okay. I think it was, I, I, this, like, this is what wrestling means to me, this, this match, you know? <laughs> 
but I think I think it's a fair I think it's a fair spot to put it. All right, I will fill out the the rest. But so number two, we're we're yeah we're yeah I think it's number two yeah. The last one is currently ranked. I guess this will put it down to number twenty. So yeah, quite a quite a upgrade from the previous Rock versus Mankind match. Mankind's just out here killing it like that. Yeah, he is. Jiminy Christmas. I wouldn't have never have thought that he was going to have so much representation here uh, on our list. But yeah, he's all over the place. What's the lowest Mankind ranking? I see one that was nineteen. Oh. Uh, I think it's currently ranked 20... Well, I guess this will put it down to 30. So Cactus Jack versus Hunter Hearst Helmsley, which, again, is 29 now, but once I f- update everything, it'll be 30. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's I think that is the lowest one, if I'm not if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, that was a great match. This is, uh, I've gotten excited about a wrestling match like that in a little while. So that I was, mean, I'm uh, just glad I could set the tone for your big Denver vacation. Yeah, no, this is a great entry to that. I'm fired up now. <laughs> Just watch that clip over and over and over. <laughs> Perfect. Well, we've got a new number two. That's I'll take it. You know what? Anytime Ryan adds something to our fucking amazing, which is rare. I mean, again, it's rarefied air. We only have now six matches in that uh, in that category. So anytime we can get that, I'll 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 take it. But yeah. we gotta we gotta finish this some bitch out with a little segment. That I like to call Eric's Wisdom Tree. And Ryan's little nipples are being suckled upon. Have you ever seen a third nipple before, Ryan? On a human? <laughs> what? <laughs> this is this is pre-wisdom, by the way. This is not this is not part of the wisdom tree. I mean, I was assuming that you would be about a uh, about a uh, human. Well, I mean, you. I mean, I think. You know, other parts of other species have eight. I mean, nipples, yeah, dogs yeah. have plenty of nipples, so yes, it's not a. But have you ever seen a third a third nipple on a human being before? I don't think I in real life. No, I think I. I'm not, I'm not even sure I've seen one on. Or probably I've seen like three boobs, like alien movies, you know, like but that only got really <laughs> total counts. recall. Yeah, yeah. Uh, third nipples don't really look like nipples. Like it's it, Chris Paxson, isn't it? He has a third nipple. I don't. If anyone on this show, it's going to be Chris Paxson, <laughs> senior hemorrhoid correspondent. Yeah. I don't think he does. To my knowledge, he would he would talk about it a lot. I feel like if he did, if he did, but like anytime I've ever seen a third nipple, it doesn't really look like a nipple so much. I mean, looks is like- it. It's like a big or a mole. Yeah, it looks like more like a mole most of the time or anything. Oh, Zach Efron has a third nipple. Mm. Huh. Interesting. That's that's cool. Credo loves Zach Efron. Do you love Zach Efron? Not as much. Zach Efron's gonna be in a pro wrestling movie coming up in the next oh. year. Yeah, he plays a, a real life wrestler. I, I, I you know, Zach Efron actually does a pretty decent fucking job of his uh he's really good at neighbors and neighbors too. Uh, <laughs> We were really high watching it, but like he did a pretty good job. Like, the taste you know. in movies fucking sucks, dog. What? Nothing. Don't worry about it. <laughs> uh, how about inverted nipples? Any opinion about inverted nipples? Um, not not anything strong. I knew a no, man. No. I, hold on, let me t- <laughs> let me take that back. A man. I knew a guy that I went to high school with. Does that sound weird? I don't think it does that sounds weird as much as a man. But uh, a guy that I went to high school with had inverted nipples. Then he pierced his nipples with a safety pin, and they became outies from there on. Extroverted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They went from being internal in, inverted nipples to being was he Was nipples. he like was he self-conscious about this? Like, is that why he did it? Uh, that wasn't like expressly said as the reason, but maybe. <laughs> yeah, hard to say. But anyway, none of that is the wisdom. I just... <laughs> nipples on the mind but uh here's the real wisdom ryan did you know that butterflies are actually pretty neat um <laughs> uh, yeah i mean i mean i feel like you're starting to say things that are like so much less controversial like i can't how can what? you argue with that like, i've never <laughs> I've never been I, this has not ever been the controversial thing it has been the controversy you say you i think if you were to rank your aerospace tree <laughs> topics, like, you know, front to back, like it has gotten significantly less controversial. Every time I'm like, I want to pick at your fucking aerospace tree a little bit, but I can't because you're saying shit like this. Just, just because you're saying you butterfly feel- shit, Eric. Butterflies are neat. 
I don't think there's a single person in this world who could, if anyone argued against that, I think they'd be wrong. Like, they are neat. If you told me that fact like a couple months ago, I don't know that I would have agreed. I would have just said, fucking, okay, yeah, sure, whatever. They're just bugs. Eric, they're, they're, they're butterfly. I just went to a butterfly exhibit back like less than six months ago. Like, <laughs> Is this a date? No, I mean, I just. I mean, <laughs> Were we you went, a solo yes, man I, going to a fucking butterfly exhibit? <laughs> you creep. Eric, we were at a butterfly exhibit, all right? And yes, butterflies are neat. They're beautiful little, they have spots on them and they fly and they're like, and they, and they, you know, come from their caterpillars and they cocoon and then they just, I mean, they're, yeah, they're neat. I don't think how anyone here is going to argue this point. Like, I. Do you know, know, okay. So you hit on the point that I was trying to make here. Do you know what actually happens in the cocoon? I, no, I don't, yeah. So I found out what happens in the cocoon. That's why they're so neat. Okay. So, so here, here's what happens inside of a, a chrysalis, other, otherwise known as a cocoon. First, the caterpillar digests itself. So it releases enzymes to dissolve all of its various tissues. So, so while it, all this is happening, if you cut open that, that cocoon, it would just be like ooze. It would just be soup. Caterpillar soup that would ooze out of this chrysalis. So, and let's, let's get a baseline for this. Like, in that, in this kind of, cause so like caterpillar, any, do all caterpillars turn into butterflies? I, don't, I would have to Google that. Which, which for the record, I'm not Microsofting it. I'm Googling it. You're not binging it. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not uh, binging this, for the record. So, because, like, caterpillars are a little, like, I mean, it's kind of crazy if they digest themselves. They are furry little fucking worm-like creatures. Like, Do all caterpillars turn it? First, okay, so here's the... From the Allen Pet Center. First, not all caterpillars turn into butterflies. Mm. Some turn into moths instead. I didn't know that. Well, that's okay. So that's kind of it was secondary to butterfly, you know, like. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Moths are like, I think they're like the stupider bird because they just, they just like lamps and stuff. You know, they like, they like <laughs> yeah. lights. They're dumb yeah. as fuck, for sure. We, yeah. we know that. Huh. What, well, what determines if a cat, maybe cat, maybe this wisdom should be caterpillars are pretty neat. I don't even know. Yeah, yeah, that's a good call. Uh, let's see. What determines if a caterpillar turns into a butterfly or a moth? How they reach their adult state? Oh, so it's not like random. Looks like they're. I think. Okay, so moths make a cocoon. Ca- butterfly caterpillars become a chrysalis at their as their pupa stage. So okay, so it's 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 established. It's not like a flip of the coin to determine which one turns into well, a moth and that. Do you, do they say okay? You know what. Get back into my butterfly days, you know. What? Like, what are you talking about? No, do you remember those like furry little, like those furry, beautiful looking like little caterpillars that like the orange fur, the orange or black fur? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Cr- you know what I'm talking about? Like when I think those? if you said caterpillar to me, I would immediately think of that. Yes, I don't know which ones. Like I'm, I'm almost thinking like a a maggot turns into like a a maggot style turns into a, a moth. Yeah, because those things are be- they're too beautiful to turn into a moth, you know. Like, <laughs> so you're saying that the orange and black tiger striped ones, those oh, I don't know. Of- I have no idea. Well, you're you're yeah. speculating. You're speculating. I, I, I would hope. My, okay. Yeah. I'll have to do some additional uh yeah. research. No, but all of a sudden it's become an interesting topic. I was I was uh, I was underwhelmed at first, but now uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it literally turns into like goop and then it re reforms itself in this chrysalis and becomes a butterfly, which is what if, crazy. What if you eat it? What if you you get anything from it? You do you turn it into like who you or me? I mean, it's funny. Like you eat a soupy, um, you know, cocoon. Uh huh. You, you gain anything from that? Like, is there any like you know like uh, like snake oil? Uh, I'm pretty sure you gain either the ability of seeing 10 minutes into the future or 150 years. <laughs> but 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 that determines on whether or not you ate a moth or, <laughs> right, right. or a butterfly. Yeah, yeah. 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 Be careful. Butterflies, 150 years. Moth is, is 10 minutes. Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. that's what happens. So enjoy your caterpillar soup, everybody. Uh, anything else you want to impart upon the Markomaniacs here today, Ryan? No, I think it was a fulfilling episode for me, at least. I don't know about the the viewers, but for me, I was fulfilled. Good. I mean, I think your fulfillment 
comes across. And I think when people know that you're fulfilled, then they become fulfilled too. That's my that's my suspicion. But either way, you know, I'm two beers deep, so what the fuck do I care? But we'll be back. Rumpus time, the 23rd of March. The fi- Well, I don't know. Maybe we'll call that the, the final winter of Would You Rather. I don't know. I haven't decided yet. We'll see. We'll find out. But uh, we're on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. We have some sort of presence on TikTok. Ryan hasn't started learning the dances yet, but soon. We're on Microsoft. Yeah, we're, an edge. we're on. Does, does Microsoft have a social media? I don't even know. Did they? They did. Didn't they were, they? They were going to buy TikTok. Oh, Google had one though, right? Google had something. Yeah, they did. They did. Google Plus. There we go. Google Plus. Yeah, That's right. Yeah. Big ups to Google Plus. But if you are not hard, everybody, get hard. Once you get hard, stay hard. That's all, folks. Hey, Leonardo DiCaprio <laughs> dies at the end of Titanic. <laughs>